I just want to take 15 minutes or so just to speak to you this morning. This is what we would normally do now in a service is have a talk which speaks in some way to uh, what we feel God is saying for us and our community. And wow, do we need to hear the voice of God right now. Something I will just add as a small disclaimer uh, is that I am a speaker who usually is very responsive to faces in the room and people nodding and smiling. And so this is very weird for me this morning. And so rather than imagining you slumped on a sofa in your pajamas, I'm going to be imagining that as I'm speaking, you are cheering and you're saying, Nick, that's so good. It's amazing. And you're amening all around your lounges or wherever you are today. So that is what I will be picturing in my head as we go from here. Now, it's fair to say that we are in a time right now that is unlike any other time in history. It is a time full of change, uncertainty, and trepidation. It is a time when we are navigating what it looks like to function in a world of social distancing and isolation. A time when we are navigating what it looks like to stay afloat economically, where businesses are having to adjust to the hugely fast-paced changes in finances. And a great time of fear where people don't know what will happen next and how we'll manage that when things are moving so quickly. And those things are all true, but, and this is a big but, I also believe we are in a time of incredible opportunity. A time when communities will rise up and support each other in ways like never before. And in fact, our Chancellor of the Exchequer said in a press conference last week, he said this, now more than at any time in our history will we be judged by our capacity for compassion. When this is over, and it will be over. We want to look back on this moment and remember the many small acts of kindness done by us and to us. And that was Rishi Sunak who said that. We are in a time where the whole world is behind one cause and is fighting a battle together. We're in a time where families are getting to spend unplanned time together where people are having a chance to stop and reflect on the things that really matter and their hopes and their dreams for the future when we come out of the other side of this into what a new normal might look like. And we're also in a time for many where the feeling of being out of control in the natural is leading them into a place of encounter with God as they crave hope and joy and peace and an assurance that they are known and seen and loved in a way that is supernatural. And today I want to spend just a few minutes talking about one of the things that the world is craving the most right now, and that is peace in the middle of crisis or uncertainty. Now, at the beginning of this week, we sat with our kids at breakfast and we talked a little bit about a story that's found in three out of the four books that talk about Jesus's life in the Bible. So if you have a Bible at home, grab it. If not, um, the references to the verses are going to come up for you on the feed. And then afterwards, you can go on to BibleGateway.com and you can have a look at all of these passages there. But I'm reading from Mark chapter four, starting at verse 35. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, this is Jesus speaking, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him, and a great windstorm arose, 
and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him and said to him, "'Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing?' And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, "'Peace, be still.' And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, "'Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith?' And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, there are a number of remarkable things about this story, and I haven't got time to go into all of them today, but it will help you maybe to give you a little bit of context. Firstly, there would have been people in the boat who definitely would have been professional fishermen. These are not the fishermen who make a packed lunch of sandwiches and go and sit next to a lake, uh, basically having a snooze while they wait for the rod to move. These are hardcore fishermen, fishermen who would have known what it was like to be out on any weather in the seas in order to make a living. They would have been fishermen who would have had a very high tolerance for storms and would have been unlikely to be afraid in a typical storm. And that tells us that this storm was not mild because they thought they were going to die. Another thing to remember is that these men, the disciples or the apprentices of Jesus, had already seen him do ridiculous miracles up until this point. They had already seen him do the impossible and make it possible. They'd seen it recently. They'd seen what was possible when Jesus was around, and yet they still were afraid and thought they were doomed. But perhaps the most remarkable thing is that in the middle of this huge crisis and storm, so severe that people feared the worst, Jesus was so at peace as to be asleep. Over and over this week, I have pondered that incredible, powerful truth that is found in this. That somehow this story shows us it is possible, entirely possible, to find a posture of peace even when everything around us screams the opposite. In three words, Jesus manages to turn a moment of terror into one of awe and wonder. Peace be still. And in this season we're in right now, I believe that Jesus' words, peace be still, is an invitation to our anxious hearts to trust in the one that not only can sleep in the middle of a storm, but can teach us how to do the same. This week online, I was reading about an art competition that took place in America, and it was called The Perfect Picture of Peace. And basically, the way the contest worked was that was the brief. All the artists were told to paint the perfect picture of peace. And when it came to it, uh, there were pictures, as you can imagine, of sunsets over the ocean, uh, green rolling pastures. There was a winter scene of a snowy day and a log cabin with a fire looking warm and cozy. Uh, there were you know, all of these things that you would associate with peace. 
But the winning painting was something altogether different, and it was by an artist called Jack E. Dawson, and I'd encourage you later on today to go and Google it and actually have a look at the painting. The painting is called Peace in the Midst of the Storm, and it is this painting of this wild, ferocious storm with lightning coming across the painting and wind blowing in the trees and rain crashing down. And I'm imagining that it caught the competition entrance out that this was the winning painting. And the reason it was is that if you look carefully in the painting, you'll see in the cleft of a rock, a bird in her nest. And under her wings are six baby birds sat peacefully and calm as can be. Somehow in the middle of that storm, there was a moment of peace. And what would it look like for us in this season if our peace wasn't determined by our circumstances? If our peace wasn't determined by the stuff we are being bombarded by through the media at the moment, through the anxious voices of friends and family? But instead, what would it look like if our peace was found in a deep connection with God as the ultimate bringer of peace? That safe place under his wings, if you like. Bill Johnson, a pastor of a fantastic church over in California, says this, Peace is more than the absence of something like war or noise or conflict. Our peace is the presence of someone. It is the actual atmosphere of heaven. So if peace can be found in God's presence, well, how do we access that when everything around us is shaking and the winds are blowing so wildly? Well, the Bible gives us some great keys as to how to do that. The first is this. We need to know that God's presence is always available. We hear in Matthew 28, 20, Jesus saying, I will be with you always to the end of the age. I don't know about you, but in these last couple of weeks, my emotions have been a little bit like this, up and down. But the amazing thing about God's presence is that it's available in the ups, the downs, the in-betweens, and everywhere. At any moment, it is available to us. Secondly, in Psalm 46, verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. Sometimes we're in a time of crisis or panic. We seem to feel like we're the ones that have to save everything. I think it's reflected in panic buying that's happening at the moment. It's this inherent intuition in us that says, I need to fix this. I need to make sure I'm okay. I need to make sure that my family are safe. And of course, you need to do all the things that you can within your power to keep you and your family safe and to be wise. But ultimately, this is a time more than any other in my lifetime where we need to allow God to be God. And we don't need to take on the pressure to fix everything, but we need to learn how to be still and let God be God. And then in some of my favorite verses in the whole Bible, in the book of Philippians chapter 4, verses 5 to 8, I think the keys to finding peace in the storm are found right here. It says, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then 
God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honourable and admirable, admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. I would really encourage you to to read that passage in different translations. There is so much gold in there that you can find the keys to how to find your peace in this season. So just to finish, practically, what does it look like for you and me to try and find our peace in the middle of this time? Firstly, always keep God's promises for your life within reach. If you feel like you have heard God say things to you before, assured you or said promises over your life, then memorize them, sing them, write them down on pieces of paper, do anything you can to keep his mind in front of yours until his thoughts instinctively become your thoughts. And where should we fix our minds? Well, try that list that I just read from Philippians. Rather than fixing our minds on everything you see on social media right now, on all of the stuff which is bringing such fear, fix your thoughts on what is beautiful, what is kind, what is merciful, what is authentic, what is admirable. Thirdly, lean into God and fix your attention on him. Whether you are terrified, angry, disheartened, disappointed, grieving, or whether you are full of hope or full of joy or full of life, don't wait until you feel acceptable to him until you get into his presence. With our kids, I never want to wait until they've got it together before they come to me. I want to sit with them and hold them, whether they are disappointed and angry or whether they are full of joy and hope. Don't wait until you get to him. God does not want to be socially distant from you. If that is one thing you take away from this, in a time of social distance, know that he does not want to be distant from you. And finally, just ask him. Ask him for his peace. If you have never felt God before, then he is desperate to meet with you. And if you felt him a thousand times before, he is desperate to meet with you and keep on meeting with you. Just ask him. I have known moments of deep peace in the middle of the most turbulent circumstances of my life. And I absolutely believe that it is possible for all of us in this season too. So we're going to pray now. And uh, I would encourage you at home, uh, sometimes doing something physically can help you engage with this. So um, just put your hand on your heart maybe, or stand up or do something different. Close your eyes or put your hands out in front of you. And we are going to pray together. Father, I thank you for the truth that is found in that story, that it is possible to find our peace even when everything around us suggests the opposite. Help us to get to know you better so that we can become more like you, that we can find the peace that we so need right now in your presence. And I thank you that it's not the only thing we'll find there. 
We want you to show us your hope, your love, your joy. I thank you that you still have wonderful plans written for our futures, wonderful stories. And I thank you that this is a time of opportunity for us to rise up and be able to be a non-anxious presence in the world right now to be the hands and feet of Jesus providing food and clothing and love and connection and support in all the ways we always have. I thank you that it is because of you that we do this and we will keep on doing it. Bring us your peace in this moment right now, Father. Flood us with your peace and let it be not a transitory thing, but something that lasts. Amen. So finally, just to finish, Chris is on his way up. Uh, something we do at the end of every service here at Asher Vineyard is we always say to people, if you don't know God, if you're not in a relationship with him and you would like to engage in that, you would like to say, yes, do you know what? I don't really know what this is all about. I don't know whether I'm qualified. You are qualified. We always say, if you want to say yes, from now on, I want to engage in a relationship with God. I want to follow him. If that's you this morning and you would like to say yes to a relationship with God, we think it's the best decision you could ever make. And normally we would give you a gift right now. We've got a little bag of resources and we would pray for you. So we'll find a way to get that gift to you. But if that is you, we really would love to support and connect with you. So please get in touch with us by emailing info at or getting in touch via our social media. Thanks for listening to our podcast today and we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are.